Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Kui. We are back yet again going through another song. Well, technically going through songs today. We're going through Last Caress and Green Hell. This was sort of two misfit songs that Metallica put together originally for the 598 EP, The Garage Days Revisited. It then came back on the, you know, the, the sort of Garage Days in of itself, Garage Inc. And we had the whole compilation there. Very interesting track actually. It's a very blunt track. I, the band that they're covering differently cast Metallica in a different vein than we've known him before Alex Finney we did Die Die My Darling by the same band quite a little bit early on just before we get into today's guest today's song please follow the show at MetallicaPod get in touch with me MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show you want to discuss a song you want to do a recap of a concert or a biographing or what you know if you got any ideas let you know. Let me know on there on the Twitter. Patreon's there. iTunes is there. If you want to leave a review, that's greatly appreciated. Yeah, Ryan, how's it going, man? Ah, it's doing pretty well, Tom. Let's begin. Ha- Metallica for you. When was the first time you heard Metallica? Can you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah. I, I I can't really give you all the details since all the people involved at the time work jobs that we probably don't want them to know that. But sure. uh, yeah, we were actually sitting in a car. I was I went to school in Florida. And uh, I met this guy, Jim Keogh, and uh, at a party, and he said, we were talking about, I was a punk rock kid, I loved punk rock, and he said, you got to listen to Metallica. So, went out to my car and uh, fired up some smoking things, hmm. and uh, I think we were listening to uh, Ride the Lightning. And I'd never heard anything that fast that was metal before. Everything I listened to was Black Flag and... Uh, circle jerks, uh, and a lot of British punk, but it was it was amazing, and I came became a, a pretty big fan of it. Um, and it was good to skate to. One of the few few metal bands, you know, the, that was good to skate to, and, and it's still a great memory for me uh, because all those guys in the car I still talk to, and I hope their employers aren't listening. And you, you spoke about in the email initially when we made contact, loads of bands that I've not actually heard of, but I am intrigued by this whole sort of West Coast punk scene, uh, the angry Samoans you spoke about. Yeah, yeah, the Samoans, uh, the Samoans are a great band. They were, they were uh, out of L.A. in mm. the L.A. area. They, had, they even made a, an appearance on the great uh, New Wave Theater, which was a a show that aired on USA Network back in the 80s, and they're kind of known for one of the greatest songs they ever wrote. It was called They Saved Hitler's Cock. Right. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, it was just silly and dumb and fun, okay. and their songs were very fast. Uh, there's one called The, the Todd Killings, which is a classic. It's, I think it's only like 45 seconds long. Mm. But, you know, it was really a, it was beyond the British DIY movement in that, you know, it was really fast and really trashy uh semi-political um and just just a whole lot of fun and, and cheap beer powered being a fan of the band then from very early on as you say it must have been crazy to see all the changes that the band have gone through over the decades yeah i mean if you ask me then if i thought they would live this long yeah well both live personally and live musically yeah i, I wasn't really i wasn't really holding out hopefully you know they their attitude and, and especially uh, Lars's voice, he comes off as being just mad at everything that ever was born, you know, and it, which is great. That's why it echoed with me because we're very similar in that aspect. Uh, but he just came off as this angry, powerful uh, kind of guy. You know, mm. the front man really 
I've always felt that the front man can really make or break a band. You could have really good musicians, but if your front man's not good or charismatic, yeah. it's just not going to go anywhere. And they've gone through so many changes. I have not seen them since uh, probably, I think it was like late 80s when they toured with the cult. I was a huge fan of the cult right. at the time, too. So I saw them both. I saw them twice. Uh, I didn't have much left for eardrums back then. But they've really done a, a tremendous job of, of staying relevant in an era when everybody wants somebody who's, you know, 20 years old. Uh, and also, you know, you hardly see a guitar in music anymore. I hate to sound like an old person. Yeah, But, you know, everything's either overproduced, layered, looped, hmm. uh, auto-tuned, etc. And they've still been able to keep that sort of that rage that everybody still has, even though we're 50-plus and working day jobs for the man, you know, we still got that rage. You were also into Misfits from an early yeah. age as well, which, of yeah. course, are, you know, incredibly pertinent to today. I'm going to go over some of their yeah. songs. Uh, I've got to say, I've not really listened to them too much, but whenever I have delved in, as is Die, Die, My Darling, as is for this episode making my notes listen to the back catalog on spotify um i i really like the band man i think they're excellent songwriters yeah and you know misfits kind of fell into this i think earth ad was their last album mm. um and it's characteristically to me it's very characteristically different than the earlier stuff the earlier stuff is fast a lot of it uh, but it's the lyrics aren't the lyrics are semi-intelligible and the earlier stuff evokes, to me, a sort of seamy underbelly of, of 1950s L.A. You know, not the 40s L.A. of Raymond Chandler, but the 50s post-war kind of greasiness of it. Um, you know, Hollywood Babylon's a, a great song based on an old Kenneth Anger book about the early days of Hollywood and, and the gossip. And I always felt that Glenn Danzig was sort of, a, he, he was the an Elvis you know, with a, with a meat cleaver. I mean, you know, just <laughs> he had that sort of weird suaveness, yeah. but he was also very, pretty, pretty dangerous in his own way, you know. Um, and especially when you get into, some of their songs do echo some of the 1950s stuff. Last Caress, specifically, uh, is kind of a, I, you know, and I've never talked to Glenn, it's not like I talked to him on the phone or anything mm. like that, but uh, that one, to me, is sort of a, an, a, a, has a nod to the great uh, teenage death cult songs from the 60s and I don't know if you're familiar with any of that but no, I, I, I know the death cults I didn't know there was like a music scene for it yeah well this I, it's, it's different than that it's different than death cult but w there was a a whole lot of singles that came out in the 1960s right. that pretty much involved teenagers uh, cars and some kind of tragic death and I mean it was not just one or two it was like a dozen or so and right. uh, if you ever heard, uh, Pearl Jam did a, a cover of one, The Classic Last Caress. Oh, cool. And and I don't know if, uh, you know, Danzig had that in mind, but when I hear Last Caress, I mean, not Last Caress, sorry, Last Kiss, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Last Kiss. They did a, good, they did a decent cover of it. Yeah, nice so song. I think it was a massive hit for them, ironically. Yeah, I mean, and so I don't know if Glenn had that in mind when he came up, when those guys came up with, the uh, you know, Last Caress, because it does echo that 50s teenage tragedy type mm. genre um it's interesting to contrast that with the metallica version if you want to talk about that i don't know if you want to talk about that. yeah yeah i mean the metallica version certainly for me is expectedly it's quite slick isn't it in comparison yes. it definitely Very lacks 
the for, for me the sound of the misfits records are fantastic they just feel so guttural and you know deconstructive yeah i, I liken it to uh i'm probably stretching here but i, I kind of liken the misfits version to something that to the sonics type sound very stripped down like you say um whereas the the uh the metallica version is almost like a phil specter wall of sound you know mm. deep you know and don't kick my ass Lars or anything like that you know because I say this but especially on the uh, live version it's just this tremendous just a huge sound wide deep everything's going the yeah. double bass you know and it's it loses a little bit of its almost campy cheesiness of it you know mm. not loose enough it's still a good song don't get me wrong yeah, yeah, giant spaces in the chords that are played at the start, like an old Elvis song or something, you know, yeah. huge pauses in between, uh, like a jailhouse rock sort of thing, and yeah, the, the band revel in this, and wh- why, why do you think they just combined two songs and did it as a release, why did they do that? I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this, and I thought, okay, Last Caress kind of comes from an earlier, earlier album, you know, Earth AD was kind of like on its, it kind of stands on its own. It's just kind of an odd album in a way. And I thought, you know, did somebody say to them, you know, did the band get together and say, okay, they fought, two guys voted for, for Last Caress and two guys voted for Green Hell, <laughs> you know? But I think if you listen to Earth AD, the, the, the Misfits album, the best song on there is Death Come Ripping. And that would have been perfect for Lars. He has that kind of guttural voice even the drumming tracks, all of that would have fit really well with the guys in Metallica's talent, you know, and the way they play, double basses. And I, I often wonder why they picked Green Hell. It's just a, I hate to say it, it's a throwaway song in its own way. Mm. You know, that, and, and then here's where Danzig's probably going to look me up and try to kick my ass. Is, uh, and feel free, Glenn, if you're out there, just send me an evite. We'll, we'll talk. But, uh, I've always felt, you know, Green Hell and Earth AD was kind of this album that they put out maybe to try to be relevant in the changing sounds of punk. Mm. Uh, punk was getting faster. It was it was getting even more intelli- unintelligible with lyrics. Uh, thrash was where at that, at that time. And I kind of wondered if that they did that to sort of stay relevant in a way maybe that Metallica did, you know, the cover of the, the covers and the green hell cover just to kind of stay you know relevant and show their street cred i don't i don't know yeah, I, I don't mind Green Hell, actually. It's definitely grown on me. I, I, I agree that the um, his singing in the original Misfits song is unintelligible. I have no idea what he's saying. And this one. And the vocal rhythms, the delivery, I think, of Green Hell in the chorus is pretty cool. And I've not really heard Metallica inhabit that too much. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Highway Star in the sort of trundle of the, the root note going forward. But as, as for why the songs are together, I... I don't, I don't really know either. I mean, it, you know, it's fine. It's kind of a nice sort of platter of more misfits. They're just a big fan of this band, like Mohead, like, you know, they're, they're happy, like Budgie. They're one of those bands for Metallica. Yeah, it, you know, it could have been something as simple as two songs that had the same chord structure, and it was easy to segue from one into the other. Hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, like Louie Louie and Wild Thing or something like that, you know. Yeah. Logically, they make no sense, but they're easy to, to string together without a whole lot of you know, it's, you could just keep the same chord structure going and just change the syncopation and the words. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. Talking about uh, accurately c- uh, comping someone, we have Run to the Hills at the end, the sort of band playing yeah. that garbled, discordant, out of key outro. Yeah, I haven't figured that out. No. But, <laughs> Why is that there? I mean, it's fine, but. I don't know. Because yeah. you think the song's done. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the chorus coming in, you're going, well, that's really. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you have to expect, you, you expect their own version of Eddie to pop out. You know? Sure. Walk down the stage. Are you are you a big mate? Are you a big are you a big Maiden fan? Uh, I like him. Hmm. Uh, you know, it was. Yeah, I like him. I'm not a huge fan, but they're they're okay. I was more of a Judas Priest kind of guy. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I I, I kind of dug their sound a little more. Yeah. I, then I ended up getting into like King Diamond, okay. um, who who oddly enough lives like a mile away from me. Right. Uh, and he doesn't live in a castle. That's what's weird. I always thought he would live in, like, this big castle. It was a little house. Uh, I have to expect him to see him mowing the lawn in Bermuda shorts. Uh, got into King Diamond. Some of the black, not the early metal, not so much the true black metal, like mm. uh, Baphomet and that. I, yeah, that was a little too much. King Diamond was fun, super campy. And I guess he should be remembered as well. In terms of maybe why did they pick this music, pick this band? It was Cliff himself who originally got Metallica into the Misfits. Oh, really? Yeah. While uh, while driving around, apparently Burton would commandeer the tape player and play the Misfits nonstop. Eventually, the rest of Metallica <laughs> got into the band. <laughs> he gave in. <laughs> Cliff, man, yeah. he was just putting on Leonard Skinner. You know, he was just putting on some uh, some complex shit. Like playlist. That's funny. Maybe in a, in a sense, it's a sort of you know a tribute, a uh, continuation of uh, Cliff Burton's taste. And uh, yeah, all all in all, I definitely enjoy this pairing. And the more I've listened to this song, the more it's grown on me. And I enjoy what Metallica do with the material. Yeah, I mean they do. That's the thing about Metallica is they are they are so tight, and not just tight, but the syncopation's always right. The synchronization's always right. You know, it's kind of like the old James Brown thing where, man, if you missed a note, you got docked your pay, you know. Hmm. And I feel like maybe that's what those guys do is they tell each other, you know, you miss a, you miss a beat tonight, you know, you don't get paid. That's how they play. Like, they're not going to get paid if they mess it up. Right. And I, I enjoy that about it. Yeah, yeah. And listening back to the original as well of Last Caress, uh, the vocals are far more warbly, far more echoey, far more haunting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the most part, James here is a bit more resolute melodically. And the whole thing, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a weird reference, but to me, it has a sort of, uh, there was a certain type of punk music that would be on the Tony Hawk skateboard video games. And it kind of has that anthemic quality to it that I really like. And it just sort of speeds up at will. And, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people have heard this track on, on Gary Jink and Beyond. And they played it a hell of a lot. But they haven't played it sort of together a lot. It's quite weird. There's quite a dissonance between. So um, Green Hell's actually been played 11 times. Uh, July 21st, 1989 was the first one in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It was last performed December 9th, 2011 in San Francisco. And then Last Caress was performed 803 times. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Because that song lives on. I think that song lives on for both bands. But... You know, here again, Green Hell doesn't. Yeah. You know, that that's what, you know, even if you look at, like, iTunes, that's, Last Caress is the most popular Misfit song. Right. You know, it, it, it's not Hollywood Babylon or She or, uh, 
you know, any of the... Don't die, my darling, yeah. 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 And I think I've actually been saying the wrong name for a long time here. I, I think I kept saying Lars when I met James. <laughs> but you can edit that out. Just it's all good. It's all good, yeah. yeah. We, can do, we can do that in post. Uh, yeah. They they <laughs> they first played Las Caress uh, February thirteenth, nineteen eighty seven, in Gothenburg, Sweden. They last played it uh, this year, just about a month ago at the time of us recording this, May eleventh, twenty eleven, in Helsinki, Finland. And I guess Las Caress, it has a great function in the set, doesn't it? A slow, upbeat song, an injection of energy, maybe later in the set. Yeah, I think I think it's got it's it's got the upward energy, you know, versus. It's still a na- it's still a nasty song, no mm. doubt about it. Mm. But it's got, like you say, it's got more of a positive chord structure. It's more of a positive sound. It's just a fun song, you know. It's a fun song to play, probably. It's a fun song to just jump around and thrash, and you know, I don't do that anymore because I probably die of a heart attack. But sure. yeah, I mean, that's it's just a fun song. And you know, lyrically. It might become even more fun for for a certain predilection because if you listen to what's being said, especially in Last Caress, I got something to say. Something to say. I killed your baby today. Uh, I yeah. raped your mother today. Is also invoked. Yeah. Sweet, lovely death. I killed your baby today. Uh, it's quite a, a, a dance macabre that James paints. Yeah, and it's and it's funny those songs. You know the the earlier songs I was talking about the. The, the tragedy songs from the 60s it's kind of mm. interesting because those in those the, the, the baby if you will you think you know that could have been their it was usually their girlfriend it's always the girlfriend you know they could never get her out of the car in time and she gets hit by the train uh, there you've got this sort of deus ex machina where the gods come in and it's strictly just fate that kills them whereas you know Danzig and, and when he writes this song if those guys write it it, it becomes more of a I'm going to do it. You know, it's not Satan doing this, it's me. And that's why I kind of always thought he was kind of Elvis with me cleaver. Was he sort of had that, you know, he took what was in essence a 60s, almost like a 60s feel pop song, but darkened it just through the lyrics. But sang it in the same way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's exuberant when he's delivering some of this stuff. Um, you know, come sweet death, one last caress. And green hell is slightly more oblique. Um, but again, we're all going to burn in hell, green hell, like every hell but kind of green. And just yeah. a lot of sort of barked instruction uh, that adheres to close inspection. You know, the, the, I've, I've looked at the lyrics and... I try to make sense of them, and that's my problem. I should make sense of them. I mean, you know, uh, you know, it, it's one of those songs where, I, actually, we didn't even care about the lyrics when it came out. Uh, mm. We just basically skated to it. We knew it was fast yeah. and angry and unintelligible, and it was really good to skate to. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what, what I started with. And then, you know, I actually started with that album and then went backwards, more or less, and, and started listening to what was what has sort of endured as a misfit sound that that uh, that Hollywood 50s Hollywood vampire type sound and I mean what would you recommend then as a misfits fan as a good album as a starting point um, I tell you you know I am a big fan of the collections okay. you know rather than you know rather than piece part it here and there just start with the collection album and uh, I think there's a second one too. And I would, you know, you're going to find one you like, find one you don't like. Then sketch out, you know, go to the 
put a sort of the second level of albums from there, I would actually also go to Danzig's first couple of albums, uh, solo. Well, actually, before that, he had Sam Hayden. I know I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but that's how he pronounced it. Uh, those albums had sort of a Misfits carryover from the earlier part. Uh, some of those songs actually were on, one or two albums were on, one or two songs were on earlier albums, but he formed Sam Hain after uh, leaving Original Misfits. And then his first uh, album under Danzig, which we all know from the Cow Skull, the Ram Skull, that's a really good album too. That has, that he, there he takes it in a really dark blues uh, dark blues style and it's great he's got a very creepy southern gothic uh, you know he really uses his voice more it's not fast uh, the, me- the the backing band is really heavy and really good but it's not it's not punk anymore it's really he's taking blues and I want to say electrified it but he's uh, he's certainly made it darker and heavier and the best blues is always dark, like Mambo. You know, all in all, any closing thoughts on uh, Greenhound Las Caress? No, I think I think it was really great of them to do that. Whether mm. it was a cynical ploy by their record company, uh, or them just really wanting to do it, uh, I like the fact that they did it. They they really did kind of go out on a limb, moving that way, and they did make it their own. Uh, especially the live version, I think of Last Caress. They made it their own. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge huge sound coming out of that so i mean i i definitely applaud him for doing that um i'd like to actually see them do maybe a couple of more i mean they could probably put out their own misfits album that would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah yeah that would be cool uh, if they did that yeah yeah you know maybe strip down their own sound which might be harder for them uh you know or they get together with the misfits have a battle with the bands and mm. you know i don't know a wrestling match afterwards fire uh, yeah good idea that'd be awesome a ryan festival 2019 co-headline that, that could that could be good that could be good we will close up uh with a few quick five questions just before we do if you got any feedback for our thoughts on this any misses recommendations comment below get in touch with me at metallicapod metallicapod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show but uh yeah what is your favorite song altogether ryan of metallica uh master of puppets yeah i know it sounds trite but no nah, i mean the first, yeah. that's the first one i heard so, it's incredible. You know, it's kind of like that thing, it sticks in your head for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, they say a lot of the music between your, what, 18 and 24 is the music you'll listen to pretty much the rest of your life. And that's one of them that I just really, really like still. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It, it, it's long, but it's just completely justified. It's so compelling from start to end, yeah. Amazing, amazing yeah. track. Um, favorite album? Well, I'm so old. Yeah. Favorite album was probably... Uh, I I would say Ride the Lightning. Hmm. Oh, the, well, Black Album was good too. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of <laughs> it's you hard. know I, I I tend to like piece parts of different things. Okay. Uh, what about favorite member? Uh, James. Yeah. 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 I wanted to be him. <laughs> oh yeah. Because he was a. I mean, he was pretty much badass. <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah, he really, well, he really is, yeah, he completely yeah. is. Uh, I mean, they all, they all are. But, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, final, final question. Um, if you were to do a podcast like this about a band, what's a band you'd like to do it about? Uh, man, I'd like to do it about. Or a band you know well, you know, you can sort of hypothetically. Oh, uh, that would probably be Joy Division. Joy, wow, a Joy Division podcast would be sick, actually. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been listening to them since, well, about 1980. And mm. I still, you know, it's kind of like, it's my go-to chronic depression album. Yeah. <laughs> Bands. So, you know, some people try to listen to better music, happy music. No, I listen to Joy Division. Uh, like, you know, trendy goth girl death mix kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I, I, would do a, I would do a podcast on them. Okay, okay, I like that, I like and, that. And Tom Jones. Tom Jones, yeah. I mean, I imagine his back catalogue is Sinatra-esque, like. <laughs> yeah, he's the, what they call him, the Welsh Elvis. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, he is. Uh, just, to be, just to be weird, you know. Living legend, but yeah, that'd be, uh, hopefully in the future, just every artist will eventually by default, because some have loads, you know, like Metallica, Guns N' Roses, etc. But yeah, Joy Division is a great show, actually. Someone got in touch with me recently, said they're going to do a Green Day podcast uh, in this vein as well, so that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Shouts Band Podcast, and yeah, this has been great, man. This has been really good to go through. I guess finally, is there anything you'd like to promo yourself? Any podcasts or shows? Or no, I'm just me. I'm just mm. a just me. Well, <laughs> maybe uh, someday I'll have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Angriness, but, you know. Let me know. Let me know. Is there any Twitter or anything? Or um, what's my Twitter handle? <laughs> Yeah, no. It's all good. You can you can let me know and I can put it in the description. But yeah, everyone, yeah. thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of this uh, Misfits pairing. So it's great to have Ryan on. We've got some really good episodes upcoming as well. Let's see what we've got. We've got uh, Halo on Fire, Hardwired, Hate Train, Hell and Back, Harvester of Sorrow. So that's the next month or so. We've got some really cool guests as well. So yeah, this has been Tom. Thanks so much. And Ryan, thanks again, man. Hey, thanks for calling. <laughs>